Teleportation. Cute little bugs. Body horror. It's David Cronenberg's Rescue Rangers on this episode of WatchBots! Everyone, welcome to WatchBots. This is Ben, and I'm joined by our very own Gumshoe, Shalyn. Hello. And professional private dick, Dave. Oh yeah, that's me. Blurring the lines between the law and the, and the criminal world. <laughs> Thank God he keeps it private. It's true. I don't want to know that side of things. One foot private dick, in the shit. I'm watching you. <laughs> One foot in the light. Um, it's a good metaphor, I think. Yeah. Just today, Shailen and I were were making a movie with our kid. He's a superhero fan, Marvel superheroes specifically, and is sort of a quarantine project. Thought it would be fun to make like a little superhero movie with him. What I didn't take into account was how exacting a four and a half year old's tastes are (laughs) (laughs) or how complex a plot he could construct. Yeah. So, I mean, from scripting to rehearsals to day of shoot demands, it's been, it's been a a Hollywood production. I personally managed to eliminate like 19 Avengers and side characters from Mm -hmm. that script. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, those are his words. You, You just don't ad lib. Read the words that are on the page. They mean something, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you're just <laughs> killing his his creative soul. I slowly snubbing con- that torch. Slowly convinced him it was his idea, but it took a while. And when you're working with, you know, the two of us, uh, our son obviously is the star of the show, a dog and a cat. There's only so much we can work with, and uh, I mean, Avengers have a big cast, but we had planned on shooting outside in the yard on his swing set which he calls the ship of all soldiers for some reason then that's an awesome name it's a good name he and then he decided he wanted to shoot inside and he did like he he doesn't understand takes and dialogue tommy was so (laughs) (laughs) the best part was when he he got really bashful in front of the camera so i was trying to get him to like say some superhero lines or speak didn't happen immediately so all of the dialogue is going to be like cut shots of him speaking directly into the camera Mm -hmm. because he just didn't talk in any of the other scenes but i mean we got the shoot done you know it's a it's a short movie but now there's a lot of pressure on me and i i should have anticipated this because he's like he's kubrickian right like he wants things the way he wants them (laughs) i know that i'm gonna cut this thing together you know, I'll try to do like some explosions and stuff on the screen and it's not going to be up to his standard and he's going to be furious. What is the plot of this movie? It's pretty straightforward. So you're familiar with Captain America. Yeah, yeah, I know. Him. In the yep. movie, he is sneaking by a Hydra guard and then he fights the Hydra guard 
And then the he what does he do? And then he escapes <laughs> from the Hydra guard and gets back to the ship of all soldiers. And then he says, "Get out of here, you Hydra scum!" And then he says, "Make America great again." <laughs> <laughs> and so he snuck his political leanings in there yeah. too. That's a shame on you guys, mm-hmm. but good for him. It's classic he Hollywood. Someone's yeah. political leanings, McCarthyism. But yeah, I, I think I mean that's that's just my concern now. Is I think you know he wants it done today, and I'm like, yeah, I gotta put these things in the iMovie and crack my knuckles and work my magic. Yeah, it takes a long time. Yeah. He also informed us that he's really looking forward to seeing it on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. um, which I'm just delighted by. I mean, it's good because <laughs> it means he worked the distribution end. It's you know, true. It's stuff you know? being creative, behind the scenes, editing, and then having to go out and, and hustle for marketing. I can't do that. That's good. End-to-end filmmaker right there. <laughs> when you true. When you were talking Kubrickian, I was thinking like, oh, the plot of his movie is going to be like Barry Lyndon or something like that. <laughs> I was like, how does he... How does he know like all, all about that stuff? But, you know, I don't know what goes on over your house so, or what you're showing your kid. <laughs> Both excited and trepidatious about that. And I know he's going to taskmaster me to, to get in this done. So it's a problem. It's a real fucking problem. It's like um, when I build a fort with my kids and they have grand schemes of having like two floors in the fort. <laughs> A very yeah, like, doable request. Yeah, I was like, I don't think that's possible in this living room with one couch, you know? Oh, an inside <laughs> yeah. fort, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't have big enough blankets or um, two-by-fours or anything, really, to, to support a second floor there. There was a kid that I went to grade school with, and he lived in a rural-ish town with a big yard. And he had built a clubhouse out of like street signs and stuff. And somehow the thing had two floors. Now, I don't know how he did it, but he made a movie of him and his friend exploring like this clubhouse. And somehow for like three straight years at the beginning of the school year, he was allowed to play this tape in class. Was it good? It was well shot, well framed. Could have used a shotgun mic, but... It, I mean, <laughs> I, I was always jealous because the place where I grew up, we had a yard, but the whole thing was a hill, so you couldn't build anything on it. And if you went to the front yard, you were in a busy street. So I don't know. Weird times. I wonder what he had on the teachers to be able to keep playing those movies. Yeah. I, yeah. I grew up in the woods and had forts and things. I did not get to show movies in class. Right. Yeah. I took a film class in high school and the uh, project was to make a movie at the end using all the um, the things that we had learned over the, mm-hmm. the semester. So they split us up into groups. One person had to be the screenwriter, the other dir- the director, and everybody had to be an actor. And someone had to be the editor as well. I wrote a script about a boy who comes home, mm-hmm. or he's like a, a young man, comes home from something and his mother accosts him for smoking reefer. Sure. And then he accidentally kills her. Uh, <laughs> and then he has to try to dispose of the body. And it was sort of like a, uh, arsenical old lace kind of you know, black comedy kind of thing, but I got a B in it. And I was, it was like, and it got like the best screenplay in class award. We did like a little mini Oscars and I was like, yeah, I, I, but I won the award. Like what, what's the matter here? And the, my teacher was like, well, I'm sorry. You, you, you put in inappropriate material. And I was like, what's the matter with killing my mom off? <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, it wasn't that. You mentioned marijuana, and we can't talk about that at class. Okay. I was like, oh. Well, <laughs> so. I have mixed emotions about that. 
Matricide is fine. Mm-hmm. But reefer, not so much. Interesting. Regicide was cool too. I don't know. Regicide. The only movie I ever made for school was my senior year of high school in physics class. We had to partner up and go out and Bill Nye some shit up. You know what I mean? Show physics in action. And these two guys and I, we had one of those fucking big bulky shoulder VHS VHS cameras. And we went out to a playground where we did, you know, seesaw experiments and stuff. But here's the twist. Little, Little tricks up our sleeve. Our teacher was from Ireland, and because we were 16 or whatever, we thought this was funny. We just put a box of Lucky Charms in every single shot, <laughs> and not like not like up front, right? Like subtle, like in the background, you know, on a, on a different structure, and um, yeah. Did the teacher notice? I mean, I'm sure he did. <laughs> did he say anything? No. No, huh. no. So I think maybe he appreciated the joke. Maybe. Yeah. Or he, he just thought you guys were really into Lucky Charms. Or maybe like, he was what? like, these fucking idiots are leaving the school anyway, so what difference does yeah, it that make? Could be. <laughs> I don't think I ever did a video for school, but... You know what I bet you did do, do in school, though? You watched a lot of Disney syndicated cartoons. Hell, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to this week. We are returning to the world of animation. Thank God. To the world of high-pitched voices that aren't from non-puberty. The tunes. Where the women are just as live and you feel better about being attracted to them. Because they're animated. (laughs) We are in the world of Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. No, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Right? They don't own them. I don't think it's an apostrophe, is it? I think it's just Chip and Dale. The unfortunately titled Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. And Dave, you brought this to the table. What's your fucking problem? Who do you think you are? <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so we trudged through, maved by the Engel, mm-hmm. all the live action shows. And I, I thought to myself, we need to go back to the animated world in a big way. Mm-hmm. Now, my daughters learned how to turn on the Xbox and find Disney plus or Netflix or whatever recently. And they are watching their own shows and they stumbled upon rescue Rangers. And I walked downstairs one day, I saw them watching the end of it. And I was like, Oh my God, we need to get back to cartoons in a big way. And this, this is the show that's going to be it. So they've been, they've made their way through the entire season. Um, Hmm. So a couple days ago, I walked downstairs and I heard the Chippendale voices. I was like very excited to catch the episode they were watching. And then I turned the corner and I saw on TV that all the characters had switched heads and it was horrifying. <laughs> it was absolutely horrifying. And I thought to myself, this is the one we need to explore. Right. I read and saw nothing else of it uh, until I showed it to you guys. And we all dived into this uh, on equal footing, I think. I watched this show a lot. It was great. I loved Indiana Jones and Magnum PI and MacGyver, so this show fit right into my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember this uh, horrifying episode that we we watched, but yeah, I'm, I'm eager to eager to dive into it. This is a show I certainly watched, and like many of the others, I'll call it rose-colored glasses or whatever. I couldn't tell you. 
Like I knew Chip and I knew Dale and I remembered Monterey Jack because he was fat because he liked cheese, but remembered literally nothing else about it. I, I had fond memories. My neighbors and I played together a lot when we were little. Sure. And the girl who was my age and I used to fight like angry, screaming, yelling, kicking, screaming. I had to leave for hours at a time Mm -hmm. over who got to play Gadget when we played Chip and Dale together. That's a plush pole. It, she had brothers, and I did, we, no one from my family played with us. So mm-hmm. it was always a, a fight for who got to be the girl. I usually lost when we played Chip and Dale. You were relegated to Zipper? I was Zipper often, and <laughs> I was occasionally Monterey Jack. Oh, boy. So I get it. I get it. My sister and I used to play MacGyver a lot, but she had a mullet, so <laughs> she was always MacGyver. So that made me Pete, the uh, the fat, bald, old one who didn't do anything except get blind one episode. So, I don't know. I feel for you, buddy. Thanks, friend. (laughs) Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Not even the first cartoon with Rescue Rangers in the title. What was the first? That distinction goes to Lassie's Rescue Rangers, which was a one-season filmation project from 1972. So Filmation did not the real Ghostbusters, they did the Star Trek cartoon. All right. Also did Lassie's Rescue Rangers. I thought that was an interesting fact. Filmation has a problem with people stealing their name. Yeah, apparently. But <laughs> they had a lot of good ideas and a lot of low budgets. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good ideas. <laughs> good good titles. Good I wouldn't titles. call them good ideas. Fair. The Ghostbusters. <laughs> this iteration of Rescue Rangers came on the heels of DuckTales. So Disney Ooh. was looking to put together a few different shows so they could do their Saturday morning package. And there you go. So the big guy behind this, I don't know if he's big or not. I don't know why I said that. His name's Tad Stones. And he must have had some stones <laughs> to come up with this idea. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the most Hollywood name. Right now, Eisner's office. <laughs> So he's a producer on this show. Also, the big creative mind. Again, I keep saying big. Maybe he's a big fat guy. I hope he's a big fat guy. If not, I'm sorry. I apologize. But he was the creative mind behind Darkwing Duck. Sort of a fall from grace, though, because as of 2011, he was a storyboard artist on Bob's Burgers. That's nothing against Bob's Burgers. But it's like if you came up with these two crazy popular concepts that now you're drawing storyboards. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to take a step back, spend more time with his family or something. Maybe. That's what very, are all the stories wholesome. of people d- deciding to go part-time instead of, you know, working 80 hours a week. Take care of himself. Yeah, focus on him for <laughs> yeah. once in a while. I heard Tad Stones, more like 10 Stone. It's terrible. He got too addicted to the ink. <laughs> right. yeah. Check for track marks. Wow. <laughs> that took a turn. But with literal ink. Yeah, no, I got it. See, because he was taking the ink pen. Yeah, I got it. So the original idea for this show was a spinoff show based off of the Disney movie, The Rescuers. And you could sort of see a little bit of that DNA. It was rejected because Disney was in the process of making The Rescuers down under. The Rescuers, to me, not that we need to spend a lot of time on this, it sort of sits in that time period with The Black Cauldron and The Great Mouse Detective. Those movies that are fine but they even look a little cheaper yeah yeah a little grainier yeah yeah like even if you compare let's say the black cauldron to the look of chip and dale rescue rangers this just looks 
It looks nicer. Well, I feel like even if you compare it to Sword in the Stone, it's like, oh, how can we do that but for cheaper? Right. Was Disney in financial trouble then? So during the <laughs> mid to late 80s, you kind of, sort of. Okay. So Michael Eisner had just come in as CEO. Katzenberg had come in to run the movies division. So they were coming out of it. Okay. But yeah, I think the early to mid 80s were pretty rough. Okay. That so. makes sense. Yeah, it wasn't until like Oliver and Company and Little Mermaid in the late 80s yeah. uh, really like boost them into what they became today. I remember the Little Mermaid being like a turning point decidedly, like with people that I knew wanting to go see Disney movies. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that was probably age related mm-hmm. too, but I don't know. So Tad came back to the table. Welcome back, Tad. Came back with an idea called Metro Mice, with a plot that was pretty much Rescue Rangers to a T, except it starred a mouse named Kit Colby, who would dress like Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Now, Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg liked the idea. They didn't like Kit Colby. And I can't see why. It's a kick-ass name. Very manly. It's my new pseudonym. Okay. <laughs> but they suggested... <laughs> Your pen name. Exactly. They yeah. bring in some Disney characters to help, you know, tie the IP together or whatever. Makes sense. They came up with the Chipmunks Chippendale, who were in all kinds of animated shorts, but they hadn't been seen since 1956. This was the late 80s. So they had a nice 30-year period. They were also not big speakers when they were in their heyday. So how they settled on Chippendale, I don't know. But I guess you get a big character library, you make use of it. It's amazing. Like what Eisner was like, no, we're going to put in the chipmunks. Okay. We're going to put in chip and Dale. It, like, I don't know how we stumbled upon that. Was he just like driving in his car, like driving home one day? And be like Fuck, chipmunks. Yes. That's way better than mice. Yeah. Well, I imagine that it probably was connected with, well, what mouse could we use? We can't make it Mickey. What else do we have for rodents? Yeah. And a mole simply won't do. You can't use a rabbit. No. Too no. big. You can't use an opossum. A vole's not going to get you those uh, those viewers. You yeah. don't have famous voles and possums. Come on, think about the catalog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure you do. There's um uh, Victor Vole. It's a Russian cartoon. That's not Disney. <laughs> yes, it is. And the, the vole pineapple girl? The vole pineapple girl? <laughs> it's like a vole burrowing through a pineapple. <laughs> well, I'm going to have nightmares about that tonight, <laughs> so thank you. So, but it does it via vole dancing? Exactly. Oh. But you put Chip in an Indiana Jones costume. You put Dale in a Magnum P.I. Hawaiian shirt. And, and there they're you go. so cute. So the rest of their crew, the, the Rescue Rangers, as it were, Zipper the Fly, who's a big part of tonight's episode, Gadget, who is a mouse? Go for mouse. She's mouse. a mouse. And Monterey mouse. Jack, who is Australian. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> sort of. Also a mouse. Also a mouse. Lots of familiar voices on this one. Oh, yeah. So... Chip sounds like Alvin. There's familiar voice actors all over the place. The show, unqualified hit. Like we said, the animation looks good. Catchy theme song that we'll talk about in a minute. You know, kind of an interesting idea. The idea doesn't make any sense, but whatever. But people really love the show. But with that in mind, it was only 65 episodes because the whole idea behind this from Disney's perspective wasn't let's create this timeless classic with this crazy anthology. It was let's get to the bare minimum that we need to syndicate the show, which was 60 episodes. And there you go. Rescue Rangers, the brand, despite not being in the air in 30 years, still really endures. 
There's still a lot of merchandise around it. Last year, Disney put out a version of Dale's Hawaiian shirt, which was sweet as shit. It looked pretty cool. It was so Did hard get to it? get it. No, no. no. The <laughs> only place I could find it was selling it for three hundred and seventy-five dollars yeah. for one shirt at Christmas time. Mm, that's <laughs> that's the Disney market. Not worth yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I can get another tacky Hawaiian shirt any day of the week. There's still a Disneyland ride based off it, even today. Really? Gadgets Go Coaster is in the Mickey's Toontown portion of Disneyland. Hmm. Now, I'm sure that a lot of people who go in there would be like, who the fuck is Gadget? But she still has a Go Coaster, so so go, girl. There's an interesting tidbit about you know the, the fandom around Rescue Rangers mm-hmm. and the people loving it. There's a religious cult okay, based around Gadget mm-hmm. in Russia. It's a very strange one. Um, I wouldn't call it a cult, really, but it's mentioned in the Wikipedia article under the character descriptions that there is a religious sect around Gadget. The article is kind of bunk, but um, yeah, apparently there's people that worship Gadget in a non-sexual way. Good for them. What are they called? I forget. I had it up and then I X'd it out. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just scrubbing my brain for puns. Uh, (laughs) Gadget Cossacks. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know the branch gadgetians uh, calm mousists shellen i've got nothing shellen what if ringo star was a russian who worshipped gadget as a deity the gadget giggity <laughs> very good as with all disney properties now there are plans for a live action movie oh yeah uh there hasn't been news on it in about a year but there was a director attached to it think of it in the vein of like the lion king or let's hope it just dies the jungle book or any of those abominations it could be like a detective pikachu kind of thing which is sure that'd be fun a little tongue-in-cheek could be i'm sure ryan reynolds is involved (laughs) ryan reynolds plays monterey jack no monterey jack would be josh gad let's not kid ourselves that's true or Dale. He might be Dale. <laughs> or maybe, maybe an actual Australian person. <laughs> the episode that we watched, Fly in the Ointment, written by body horror enthusiast Alan Burnett, who has been a cartoon writer for decades. So he wrote on the Smurfs. He wrote on like everything. Mostly known now for being a producer on all the DC cartoons and everything Scooby-Doo for like the last 10 years. So all that mm. Warner Brothers kind of stuff. So somebody who has put a lot of time into the animation industry, and we salute you, Alan Burnett. Thank you, sir. This one was in season three, so right before the end. Just a couple weeks later, the series finale played. Everybody's favorite series finale titled, They Shoot Dogs, Don't They? That's the last title title. of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. (laughs) But we didn't watch that one. (laughs) It's a a reimagined old yeller where they actually (laughs) saved the dog. I thought it was going to be where they just kill one of the rescue rangers that way. They they, <laughs> they take Monty out back. That's terrible. Right, but that's the joke. I know, but it's still terrible. They kill the family that shoots old Yeller. <laughs> just gnaw to death. Yeah, Very yeah. pleasant. It's awful. The episode aired on September 26, 1990. A really, really spectacularly interesting date. I wish I knew what was going on at that time, Ben. So do I. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. 
This is a really well-researched segment in what I can tell you, what we can tell you collectively. We've talked about the movies. Music's not interesting. But Shailen just alerted us to a huge groundbreaking fact. Big event. Big, huge event. World event. The Soviet Union got its first Pizza Hut. Huge. September 1990. Wasn't Gorbachev in a Pizza Hut commercial? I think so. Or an impersonator, anyway. I vaguely remember that imagery of him, like, sitting in the booth. Nope, he absolutely was in a, in a commercial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was he, like, a huge pizza fan? <laughs> I mean, He's sure. He's a Pizza Hut fan. The, the Pizza Hut ad didn't air until 1997, so I think after he had fallen from grace or resigned peacefully. I don't know what happened to Gorbachev. I like that we all know history very well in the context of the Soviet Union. Well, I knew he was in the Pizza Hut commercial. Right. I, we know pop culture. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The important <laughs> This thing. is what we know. Pop culture and history, never the two shall meet. <laughs> Pizza Hut, strange place. I remember it being really ubiquitous when I was a kid, like more so than Domino's. And now you hardly see any of them. I don't think I ate in a Pizza Hut no. until I was able to, like, had a license and a car. I don't think I ever ate at a Pizza Hut oh, until then. Man. Yeah, I agree. There, there were not a lot around where I lived. Oh, really? I think it was more, you know, different parts of the, the state where they were popular. The, yeah, like we the, had the, the good parts. Genos. No, no, we had, we had the good shit. The personal pan pizzas, can't beat them. Who needs a personal pan pizza when you can get a bar pie? Yeah, when I was six, I wanted a pan pizza. When I was with six, the Eureka's I Castle toy. Now, later they went on to be absorbed into like the KFC Taco Bell. See, there was a Pizza Hut near where my parents lived for a few years because we lived up the street from a KFC Taco Bell Pizza Hut. Kentucky Hut. Kentucky Hut. You go in, you get that mini pan pizza breadstick combo. Ooh, baby, you feel good for about five minutes. And then, ooh, baby, you feel bad for about two days. <laughs> it's so true. Going there would give me the sweats and the shits all at once. But it was so good. It was so worth it for that first five minutes. That's right. And now, knowing that the Soviet Union was also part of the hut, now I understand why that sauce was so bright red. That's definitely the reason. So let's get into Chippendale Rescue Rangers here. The song was written by Mark Müller, a good German boy. Also wrote DuckTales. So we have a direct comparison point here. Before we play it, What's your preference between those songs? Or maybe, let's open it up. What's your favorite Disney animated show song? Gummy Bears. Okay. Okay. Gummy Bears trumps mine. I was going to say, I really like Darkwind Duck. We don't it, say Trump on this show. It gets stuck in my head. Hashtag not my president. Um, Make cartoons great again. <laughs> but of the two, I think I prefer Chip and Dale. Oh, Shailen. Also... To digress, Make Cartoons Great Again would have been a really like hacky thing for us to do two years ago, and I think that we're going to do it this year. <laughs> a real hacky thing. I almost would have said Chip and Dale until we watched the show, and then I, I changed tact. But let's listen to a little bit of it.
So I had never realized this until literally just now because Shailen and I watched an episode of MacGyver today. That has a very MacGyverish feel to it. Heck yeah, it does. Hmm. Why do you think I like it so much? It's also very repetitive. And I think that's why it falls short against DuckTales and Gummy Bears to a lesser extent. Just my opinion. My vote for Gummy Bears is because the lead singer of Toto sang it. <laughs> um, sure. At least he was the lead singer for like a year or two. And uh, DuckTales was just sung way too much in my uh, elementary school music class. Every music class we sang DuckTales because <laughs> it's like all the teacher could play. And then we started trolling her as a class. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. I think that happened in every music class, right? I mean, the teacher's up at front saying, we got to learn Ave Maria or we got to learn the Star Spangled Banner. But then these punk kids just stoning mm-hmm. the teacher screaming, DuckTales, DuckTales. It's like how they get Piggy in Lord of the Flies, you know? Right. Same general progression. Killed her with a conch shell. <laughs> or whatever happens with that. So the concept of this show is really weird. It's chipmunks running a detective agency. It is a and fantastic <laughs> premise. I feel like it's sort of set up my experience watching this cartoon in a nutshell, where like you watch it and you're like, okay. And then your brain, like there's a little bit of an alarm bell and you take like a quarter second back and you're like, wait a minute. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> we'll talk about it, but just, it wasn't bad. I, I didn't mind the show at all. It's just, it's a very surface level kind of show. And it, it's a Disney cartoon. I know, I know. Well, it's it's like, so with DuckTales, like Scrooge McDuck makes sense because like they've established that like miserly character right. already and he can kind of go there. But Chip and Dale have no personality other than being like kind of mischievous. Yeah. And like bugging Pluto who hasn't <laughs> been on TV in like decades, probably there's no logical conclusion or jump there. I mean, maybe they set it up. This is like the 63rd episode, but I feel like my love for crime shows and detective series really set this up for success because every, like all the episodes I was like, Oh, this is like that time on Quincy M E sure. You know, or like, Oh, Columbo did this one. <laughs> and so Man, it was like, they did, the, they did this episode in Burke's law. But I finally was able to connect with people my own age over plot lines that were intended for people in their 80s, which is what I was normally doing, was huh? following old plot lines for old people TV. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, this okay. was Murder, She Wrote with Rodents. Exactly. That's yeah. why I liked it so much, I think. Or Magnum P.I. with Rodents. Mm-hmm. Or MacGyver, MacGyver with, with rodents. rodents. Barnaby yeah. Jones with Rodents. It's true. All of it's true. Listeners, what's your favorite crime show rodent mix up uh hashtag hmm uh mouse nah i don't like that one scarecrow and mrs rat (laughs) (laughs) hashtag scarecrow and mrs rat hashtag quincy a possum e Ooh, i like that so (laughs) all right so we open up with some security guards and diagnose mouse murder oh see that one was better was it (laughs) Diagn- they were all bad. They're all bad. We're doing bad. I won't dwell on this, but I will. All of the people, I will dwell on the hashtag. All of the people outside of Nimnol, who's the, the antagonist here, they feel like they put a lot of effort into drawing them to look like people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're not that exaggerated. They kind of look too realistic it's a problem i have with like animaniacs as well where it's like 
It's a cartoon. They should, you know, like you get a fucking chipmunk wearing a jacket and a hat. Don't make the people look like people. I feel like it might be easier to draw a person who looks like a person mm-hmm. than a person who looks like a person with exaggerated weird features. Okay, but what about where would you put it in the pantheon of drawing a person who looks like a person that looks like a person who looks like a chipmunk? Oh, right up there with Eek the Cat, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. fair. Okay, well, it's a great mystery. But the point of this is security guards are on duty and that dastardly Professor Nimnal is in there. Professor Nimnal, a recurring antagonist here. Let's meet this fella. <laughs> ah, yes! The new titanium transistors! No self-respecting scientific genius should be without them! <laughs> Makes sense. And he's got on this Doc Brown helmet, like Doc Brown in the 50s. But it's not a Doc Brown helmet. It's a phonomatic modemizer. And what is that, you might ask? Well, we'll find out in a second, because he trips an alarm, and the security guards go to the room where the alarm's been tripped. And something struck me about what they did here, because they're security guards in a building. Mm -hmm. They go to the door, guns drawn, (laughs) shoot to kill, baby. They literally poise themselves to murder whoever comes out that door. They are ready for it. Yeah. This is the moment that I'm going to pause. Did you guys know that this cartoon on IMDb is rated as no violence? Not even low violence. No violence. With drawn guns by fucking security guards. They're not even police. The late 90s was, or late late 80s was different. You know, there there was little to no violence anywhere. It's true. Things were lighter back then. A little yeah. more carefree. Just all cocaine parties. Hmm. See, let's talk about the phonomatic new- mo- modemizer. <laughs> my phonomatic modemizer worked like a charm. All I have to do is dial my escapes. Now I can reach out and rob someone anytime I want. This is my favorite kind of reference. Reach out and rob someone. You reach out and touch someone being like the 80s long distance thing. Like, what was it? Like 411 collect or something? 1888 collect? That was one eighty one eight hundred collect. Yeah. That was a little bit. But later, like yeah. you know what I mean, like those yeah. telecommunications things. Reach out and touch someone is my favorite. I never understood those long distance phone call commercials. I was like, how does this work? Why is Phil Hartman dressed like a like a detective going into a phone booth? This is this is strange. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I still don't understand how they worked. I never made a long distance call or why they were so expensive. Long distance calls back in the day were really expensive. Yeah. I'm looking at Shailen. She looks like she has an answer. It took more energy or something. I don't actually know. All I know is that when I was growing up, I was in a small town. And if you wanted to call your neighbor. in a small town. You had to get on the party line. No, literally. We dialed. long distance. You dialed four (laughs) digits to call your neighbors. Sure. And then to get out of town, you had to dial seven numbers. Mm-hmm. And then to get anywhere your town didn't border, you had to dial 10 numbers with a one in front of it. And then at some point, all of a sudden, we all had to dial seven to talk to our neighbors. And it was like a big transition for my town. And I didn't understand it. It was very confusing. If you had told me going into this episode that we were going to spend 26 minutes talking about the number of phone <laughs> digits we had to dial, I would have been thrilled. And I am thrilled. I think you just got an upcharge every time you added a digit to the number. That's what I'm getting at. That's why long distance calls were so expensive because it mm-hmm. took more digits. That's why I don't call anybody because it's such a racket. Because I feel that's not why I say, I feel big fat cat telecommunications sucking my money out every time I touch a digit on the phone it makes me sick. 
Do you think the Sonomatic Modemizer had min- unlimited minutes? In those days? Unlikely. Yeah, how many minutes you got? Unlikely. Did they even count minutes back then? I don't like, know. you just paid <laughs> no, they, for what you used. They only counted by the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so long ago. No, you couldn't prepay for minutes is what I'm saying. <laughs> couldn't prepay for anything because we didn't have money, just the barter system. I'll give you a ham hock and I'll talk to you Tuesday. <laughs> so we met Nimna. <laughs> and now let's go on and we'll meet the rescue rangers. So they're hanging out on top of a police car. And it was really weird because they're basically just looking for action, right? And they're hoping the cops have something that the cops don't feel like doing. And thankfully, that happens quickly, right? It's an emergency I wasn't expecting. This just came in, boys. A Gila monster has escaped the zoo. He's unarmed. It's literally a Gila monster (laughs) that's escaped the zoo. And it's like, why were they asking cops to find this one Gila monster? Well, and if you, why was it unarmed? Yeah, Gila monsters famed for yeah. for carrying gats. Oh yeah, yeah strapped yeah, to the yeah, gills. Right. I read a news story recently about a town nearby that had a monkey on the loose, and the police were called for that. So why wouldn't the police be called for a Gila monster? But monkeys carry outbreak virus. You don't think that Gila monsters carry salmonella hell, all over? Hell no, cold blooded. They're fucking lizards. Of course, they're bringing salmonella. I'm not, I'm not catching a disease from a lizard. Two. Three men at most. <laughs> Fucking lizards. So, <laughs> thankfully, and coincidentally, the Gila monster is directly in front of the cop car. It's up in a tree, right? And it's about to attack a bird and, and steal eggs. It's actually kind of freaky. It's just going like... What, what's it like? Stop it. Oh. So Zipper, <laughs> you know, the, like all the rescue rangers are like, shit. Gila monster would be a really good get, but Zipper sees it and Zipper's like, and he finally gets Chip's attention. Oh my gosh! So Chip, (laughs) Chip says, "Oh my gosh!" And they start to devise devise a plan. They make Zipper stay behind because he's a fly, and flies aren't going to be able to do anything here. But they build like a bolo. Monterey Jack climbs the tree to intimidate the Gila monster, and here's where he we get that true blue Aussie nature. That's fair enough, lizard lips. That's fair enough, lizard lips. Very Australian. Very authentic. Exceptionally authentic. <laughs> what was his direction for this accent? Like, um, just uh, say words, um, pronounce them as they as no one would pronounce them. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. More authentically Australian, the actor behind Monterey Jack or the Outback Steakhouse. Oh, uh, so Jim Cummings? No, it's Peter Cullen. Or... It's Optimus Prime. Oh, Peter Cullen was in the first two seasons. But he wasn't in the third. Jim Cumming t- took over for the third, I believe. Jim's That's... coming for this role. According to IMDb and Wikipedia, <laughs> in this episode, uh-huh. Jim Cummings was only the professor. He was not Monterey Jack. Do you think that famed actor of stage and screen, Paul Hogan, was there? No. Hmm. I think that... No one involved has even visited the continent of Australia. Jill, let me hear your best Australian accent. Oh, no, no, no. Dave, let me hear your oh, best Australian on. accent. <laughs> All right, give me back my daughter. <laughs> I'm going on a walkabout. <laughs> I'm Liam Neeson. <laughs> That's not a knife. Shailen? 
It just keeps falling real bad. I can't do it. No, you could try. Try it. No. Try it. Just say like uh, I don't uh, do on the spot. Shit, Dave. Here we go. Here we go. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Terrible. Shailen, I can't believe you said that. That's uh, you've lost what points. The point of this is they catch the Gila monster and they alert the cops and all is well. And then they go to their home, and their home is inside the Keebler cookie tree. It's like a little tree, and it's got a door in it. Oh man, yeah, it is. And there's elves everywhere. And they're making el fudges she oh, like those shit. el fudges i love them but i didn't learn about them until much later in life was it before or after you went to pizza hut for the first time before but only probably by about eight months <laughs> on the on the timeline of like phone dialing where where was it when you discovered we were at fudges? 10 digits 10 digits okay all right oh so late late in life i want a really dedicated listener and please don't anyone do this to be able to construct the timeline of your life through these episodes. <laughs> like just these oddly specific time periods. I think it's doable. I could do it. Mm-hmm. I lived it. Hashtag docs Shailen. No, don't do that. <laughs> it would be very easy. Please don't. If they do that, they'll discover that you were born in 1797. <laughs> Who told you I was immortal? <laughs> so they're in the tree, right? And Zipper is pissed. He feels like he's not doing enough. He sounds like this. Okay. And they're just they're just kind of hanging out. And then Chip comes in and he's like, Zipper, I got some jobs for you. And those jobs include dusting the top of the cabinet. See, because Zipper can fly where the rest right. of them can't. Yeah. And like I just my heart broke a little bit for Zipper here. Yeah. You know? Little guy. Just wants to try hard. Shailen, when you played with your friends, did they make you do the same things when you were Zipper? I don't think so. Or did they make you clean the bottom shelves because you were two and a half feet tall? I don't think either. <laughs> As it was, so it is. <laughs> Forever it shall be. Did you have a zipper voice you did? No. Mm, that was really quick. It's like you, it, almost like you did. And you don't want to admit it. I knew that I was bad at it, so I never tried. It was was it Australian? Yep. You know me. <laughs> Zip, zip. Speaking of things you don't want to admit, I, I spent a moment here, not not too long, because I'm not a lunatic, thinking about the clothes of the, the all the animals here. Like, where did they get them? How did they make them? How did they put a sweater on a fly? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, where did they get that little tiny purple jumpsuit for Gadget? Yeah. Like, I don't have a problem that they have clothes. I just want to understand. We know that Gadget has modesty, as well. We'll talk about yes, in a few does. minutes here. <laughs> yeah. I considered it was like, if I think about it, I think Cinderella, right? She made mm-hmm. Gus Gus his own shirt. Of course. So who made, you You think they have some kind of benefactor? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's Cinderella herself and this is a shared a shared universe? Shared universe, yes, generations later. I think it is Cinderella's mm-hmm. great granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Spinderella from Salt and Pepper. Yeah. Time period works. Totally. She would have had the funds. Just Let's saying. go with absolutely. Okay. I like it. So we've answered your question. Spinderella did it. Yeah, thank you. So they're in a tiny plane. <laughs> and yes, I asked myself how they got a tiny plane, but that's not what's important. Sure is a hazy night for Sky Patrol. Too right. <laughs> this was one of those lines where like, I, I heard it and I nodded. And then I was like, wait a minute. What, what does that mean? <laughs> like they're in a little plane. And it's a hazy night. They chose to go up at Sky Patrol. They knew it was a hazy night. 
It's ridiculous. They're bad at their jobs. It's fucking bad. It's bad. It's poor. <laughs> I also like the sound effects here. It just sounds like they recorded a grandpa farting. Yeah. <laughs> the engine. It's just like a flappy fart. So a whoopee cushion depressed ever so slightly. It's true. Yeah. So they find a break-in at the tech warehouse. This was the best building that I've seen in a while because the tech warehouse, when you picture a warehouse, I usually picture a lot of like corrugated steel, you know, like a firm looking building. Like a warehouse. This building looked like the most modern building you've seen. Like everything was glass. <laughs> like it was the weirdest warehouse skyscraper in the middle of the city I've seen in quite some time. Well, it's tech and it's all it's all new, buddy. You gotta, Silicon you gotta, Valley. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, I'm just a simple content developer, you know, and I sit in my garage, I whittle my content down from nuggets of wood. So I don't understand this tech world. Well, with your wires and your doodads. With inflation and the way that the real estate industry has gone, what's happened now is the tech warehouse has been cleaned out and people talk about their loft that was built in the old warehouse Mm -hmm. with their fancy windows on three sides of their apartment looking out. Yeah, yeah. Their glass walls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they go to the warehouse and they're trying to see what's going on. And they tell Zipper to stay behind again. And Nimnol's in there. He's looking for some some microchips or whatever. Dale runs into just a horrifically full ashtray in a staircase. This thing had like 300 cigarette butts in it. And that was okay. It's the 90s. It's true. What I wasn't expecting here, though, they had their Flintstones moment, right? Because he picked up one of those butts and he took a drag and he went, ooh, that's the smooth American spirit Dale likes. I think you're mixing that up with the Flintstones. That's the reference I made. (laughs) (laughs) Don't sully my chipmunks. No, that's... What are you doing on your phone there? You know exactly what it was. I just sent you a screenshot. Mm. All right. I'll check that later. When I take airplane mode off my phone <laughs> and I can I can take off this podcaster hat because I'm a goddamn professional. I like live updates. I don't, I don't know what that means. So the, the zipper goes to box <laughs> Nimnal. He finds him. Nimnal. And, you know, as we know, flies can't take humans. Just physically tough to do. True. But Nimnal starts to put on the helmet so the way the modemizer works we probably should have explained this he literally hooks up a corded phone to his head and the doc brown helmet and it zaps him through time probably not time through place space <laughs> through, through he gets through he place. gets zapped through place <laughs> and he <laughs> i've on. got one uh, of those two letters right place the final frontier <laughs> I was not expecting that <laughs> Damn it. Did you ever see that basketball movie, Place Jam? (laughs) (laughs) A dimension of time and place. Did you ever see that home improvement show slash Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy movie, Trading Places? Or Spaces. Nope, just Places. Trading trading Spaces? Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Trading Places. So, Zipper's boxing Nimnol. Nimnol has a little quip. To escapes, I let my fingers do the walking. Ouch! Again, that that makes no sense because he's dialing the phone. Right? Yeah. Cool. Uh, I thought he was talking about a, a little finger blaster. <laughs> it's not always about that. You're disgusting. Just most of the time. Uh, I didn't. I, I'm I just saying it was the the gross one. 
I'm going to mute by pressing the, the place bar. Here. Hold on <laughs> so Zipper flies into the beam and they go through together. Now, I went into this completely blind. You know, fly in the ointment, you could have guessed it was about Zipper and, you know, the, the technology part of it. But I truly was taken aback by what happened because they end up at Nimnol's apartment or lab or whatever. And my notes as followed, they say, oh, oh, God, oh, Jesus, because Nimnol's body now has Zipper's weird fucking cartoon fly head and Nimnol's head is on the little fly body and it's it's the fly. I mean, they've done it here. Dave, you had seen this before. What was your reaction yeah. to this ungodly abomination? You remember in, in Terminator 2? Of course. The, the Terminator goes to the insane asylum to break out slash save uh, Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. She sees him and she just falls down on her butt and like kind of like. And she, and she's doing like. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. And she, she like she can't get up and she's like sliding backwards trying to walk and run. When I came down the stairs and turned the corner, that's what I did. <laughs> I saw Zipper's head on Nimnal's body. I was like, oh my God. Ah! And my, my girls were unfazed by it. Unfazed. They just like accepted it. I guess maybe it's a kid thing. Maybe I had the knowledge of the fly in the back of yeah. my head. But yeah, they were like, this is so funny. And for me, it was very, very terrifying. Zipper's so cute too. Little when cutie enlarges, When you enlarge his head and put it on Nimnal's body... It's just, it's it's disturbing. It's the stuff of nightmares. He just looks like a honeydew melon. He doesn't look cute anymore. It's like someone took a human body and replaced their head with a melon. Like a literal one. It's off-putting. I don't like it. <laughs> but like a, a bruised one. Yeah. 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 It takes up too much place on his body. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now that we're in here, I, I feel safe saying this was troubling to me too because Cronenberg's The Fly, and really most Cronenberg movies... I recognize them as good movies. You know, he's very talented. I can't really watch that movie now because I don't like body horror and I don't like bones breaking. (laughs) And The Fly has got that stuff in spades, you know. And it's like, even if it's not that bad, now I've I've built it up in my head to the point that, like, I can't comfortably watch those movies. Yeah, there was that point where, like, Nimnal started, like, peeling the skin off his shoulder. And, oh, God, it was gross. Ben just physically recoiled. It's great. The fingernails and shit. <laughs> fucking horrifying. So Nimnol, because he's a scientist, he's scared, but he kind of gets what's going on. But Zipper is a fly. Right. And he freaks out. He runs out. He has the, the modemizer with him. Fortunately, the world of the rescue rangers is a world of acceptance. Except not. <laughs> It's a spaceman! Ew! Gross! Quick, Stella, call cable news! He scares a French woman with a poodle. Right. He scares a kid. Yeah. People are freaked out. And I mean, I guess I would be too. We just agreed that we would all be scared of this thing. That's true. I mean, if some average yeah. Jerry or Joe walked down the street in a lab coat, you say, must be smart. But you put a fly head on that guy, it's like, oh shit! That's right. Call the news! <laughs> How do you call the cable news? They have hotlines. How many digits? Yeah, how many did you Shannon? I told you, we've established this. This point in time, they're all 10 plus one in yeah. this- okay. Too expensive. Continent. Not going to well, happen. country. Not enough minutes. <laughs> Zipper man is on the run and Nimnol fly is chasing behind, right? Now we go back to the rescue rangers. And it's the next morning-ish. And 
Gadget notices that Zipper has not been in his bed. She, right. she asks a very relevant question. Why would a fly stay out all night? Why would a fly stay out all night? <laughs> what I reason mean, would a fly have to stay out all night? It's not like he's getting invited to parties. He's a fly. Flies he's- average between 5 to 15 minutes of sleep a day. So I think the gadget doesn't know shit about flies. I'm super glad that you looked that up. Yeah. Because I'm going <laughs> to pin gadget to the wall. Not like a dissection sort of way, but. Yeah, Zipper's a full grown fly. He can do whatever the hell he wants all night long. All night long. <laughs> and then. Fly. So Zipper is wandering around the town. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be flying in the street all night long. Looking for garbage to eat all night long. <laughs> They'll be flying in place. You're welcome. All night long. <laughs> Oh, wait, I'm in space all night long. So Zipper Man <laughs> is, he's wandering around the town. He's scared. There's this weird sort of non sequitur scene where a teacher is like just degrading a boy who wrote a story about somebody turning in, into a praying mantis. Yeah. It, but she gets hers. Really? Have you been reading too much Spider-Man? Do you know anyone who looks like a daddy long ones? Too much Spider-Man. <laughs> Popped me. I thought that was funny. I, yeah, I like that one a lot. Spent an inordinate time trying to spell Spiderman. <laughs> I was like, wouldn't it still just be Spider-Man? Spider-Man, like vitamin? How do we spell this word? It's not hyphenated. Yeah. Spider-Man. It's not copyrighted that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spider-Man is the Vietnamese version of Spider-Man. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The, the thing I thought was interesting about the teacher, and we don't have to spend a lot of time here, is she's the only human character who's not like military or a doctor who doesn't freak out at the sight of of this thing. So couldn't have been all bad. She's learned. Zipper makes his way back to the treehouse because he needs safety and he's trying to climb up the tree. And the military show up. There's a military general who looks kind of like Tony Todd, but Nimnol Fly makes it there too. And he starts talking to the rescue rangers. And everybody's surprised by this, both that he can talk to them and that they can understand him. But we get a scientific explanation. So we don't need you on this one, Shailen. You can talk! He understands us! That's because he's half bug. The better half. So, wait a minute. (laughs) Again, I watched it and I was like, okay, sure. And I stopped and I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. No. <laughs> no, none of it. Does that mean because like he literally couldn't hear them before? Or is it that bugs and rodents speak the same language or are they all speaking English? There's a lot of questions to be answered here. What does it mean? The human world is separate. What's the line from um, Under the Sea? That's where we're going. <laughs> it's wetter down where it's better. The place, pl- the base, place, the base. <laughs> The place plays the place. Yeah. The fluke is the Duke of Soul. Yeah. So, <laughs> Shailen, what would, what would famed crocodile hunter Steve Irwin sound like if he sang that? I think exactly how I just sang it. Mm, I'm not sure. If he were underwater searching for sea creatures, what would he sound like? You heard me. That song? So I just realized something. <laughs> Take a step back from the episode here. Um, <laughs> Shailen and I have had 
some potential contractors over to our home to look at a few <laughs> different things. And I just realized as I looked up that the oh my God. Uh, the Steve Irwin figure that I made <laughs> where there's a, uh, a plastic fish sticking out of his chest and is covered in blood. Covered in blood. Is, uh, <laughs> it's just proudly standing on display. Up there prominently. Huh. Well, oh, well. <laughs> Such is life. Here we are. So Zipper is sobbing. Like, he's literally crying at this. And then... <laughs> Then the military starts shooting mortars. Again, there's no violence. The military is just shooting mortars at this weird abomination. And they pick him up in a net in a helicopter, right? And Nimnal. Hey, Gads! They've bagged my bod! They've bagged my bod! Oh, my hot bod. <laughs> my That's hot so scientist body. How many times does he say bod in this episode instead of body? 75. It's terrible i hated it the first time and i hated it all of the times it, it, nobody should call their body their bod no unless they're like oh, yeah. straight shredded nimnal decides to chase after his body and and i appreciated this not to science because he flies after the helicopter but then like the force of the blades blow him away and they blow him directly into the nicest <laughs> french restaurant in town and he lands right in somebody's soup right and this guy's like, waiter, there's a fly in my soup. That's classic. And the waiter's like, oh, that's never happened before. Because <laughs> he's doing the backstroke. Right. Can we discuss how this joke makes an appearance in every single cartoon made from like 1910 all the way until 96? What happened to the soup, the fly in the soup joke? I would love to hear about the 1910 cartoons. I'm just... The aughts sneeze of uh, cartoons. Yes. <laughs> Shailen, what would you like to talk about with that? What causes a joke like that that's in every series to just suddenly die? Because in today's tech-focused world, today's Silicon Valley hell, people don't eat soup outside. It's peasant food. Hmm. Now we're out here eating avocado toast. That's right. They shut down that tech warehouse right. and, and you know, big soup took a hit. No one's eating soup anymore. Soup's too creamy. You got to eat leek salad. Yeah. You're not going to find a fly in your leek salad, Shailen, huh? Too much. There's too much sodium in soup. Yeah. Sodium is bad for you. Meeting a fig and prosciutto fucking tapenade. No salt in that. Hell no. Now the now the joke's, uh, you know, there's a centipede in my avocado toast. Oh, okay. That's the joke now. Yeah. So it's just evolved. It hasn't changed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you for clarifying. There's no such thing as a timeless reference, I think. Mm. so chip goes and he saves the fly from the soup like he scurries into the restaurant he carries the fly away and are you sure you missed her this has never happened before and neither has that thank goodness i was almost part of the second course you're not out of the soup yet <laughs> again you're not out of the soup like it's i know it's like you're out of the fat and into the fryer but just think of like funny. you're not out of the soup yet is one I, i'm probably gonna steal I thought he was saying you're not out of the shit yet, but he was saying it in a Disney way. The soup fields. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag soup fields. So they need to find the modemizer. This is the thing they need to fix the problem. And they run across a kid who calls himself the Lord High Commander. He's friends with a tan young Louis Anderson. What they actually do is they steal the helmet back with a magnet. Uh, Google autocorrected my note to say they steal it with a maggot. Cool. So Gross. Uh, um, <laughs> takes this disturbing episode a little, a little one step further. Yeah. And it could understand the rescue rangers because it's a maggot. 
I don't want to get back into this language thing. You guys thought it was so funny. Now you're not sure. I was more thrown less by the science and more by uh, Monterey Jack's the better half part of the comment. <laughs> That's fair. Like, That's fair. Are you talking about the butt? I don't know. What are you getting at? The butt half. Yeah. The butter half. The butter half. So they go to the military installation where they overhear a news report saying that it's locked down. Nobody in or out. This is a big story. And it's weird, though, because Monterey Jack is focused less on the task at hand. He just like he turns into like a teenage boy here. I don't know if you noticed this. Oh, poor Zipper. All he wanted was a little action. Yeah, he just wanted a little action. He just wanted some nice action. <laughs> He's singing Elvis. He just he, wanted a nice bug. He wanted a little less conversation. <laughs> that line was spoken by Sly of California Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Nimnol is concerned about his body being like poked and being turned black and blue, which is not really the concern that I would have. Same. Because he's a mad scientist, so he should know shit's going to get fucked up. Right. But whatever. Maybe he's just in denial. Fortunately, they're next to a payphone directly outside the military installation, and the military installation has a public phone line for them to call. Thank goodness. So they call it. All of the rescue rangers and Nimnol and the modemizer end up in the installation. And then, oh, oh, they've all switched heads and bodies. So... Chip. Oh. oh God, it's awful. It's almost weirder because they're all animals, and I can't put my finger on why that is. But <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like Nimnal and the Fly are like they are complete opposite of each other. It's fine, but Gadget and Dale switching heads, it's like just a tiny bit off. That it's disturbing enough. Like it's just like something's just off with this frame, and I can't quite level it out. Well, I can I can level it out for you because. Do it, baby. Chip and Monterey Jack have switched heads and bodies. Gadget and Dale have switched heads and bodies. Now, Gadget and Dale, opposite genders. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) Gadget looks down. She sees that she has Dale's body where he's wearing the Hawaiian shirt with a lot of of fur sticking out, which I appreciated. No pants. Immediately ashamed, goes to cover the the dick with the shirt. (laughs) When this doesn't work, she finds like... It's like one of those paper ketchup cups that you use. Pulls it down over herself to look like a skirt. Right. Her himself. And it's just, I was like, why? It's so odd that she's practicing the concept of shame. <laughs> and like in a she's very gendered way. Yeah. Yeah. There's sexism there. It made me a little ticked off. They put her in a gender bin and I didn't like it. Agreed. Yeah, I just like as soon as you call attention to like them not wearing pants, you can't unsee it, right? Like if exactly. Just, if if they didn't do that, like it would have been fine. There's also a strange joke about like her telling Dale to keep his hands off her body. There sure is. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear! I always wanted to be close to Gadget, but not this close. Keep the hands off the body. <laughs> Sorry. It would have been so much less awful if he didn't apologize like that as though he ashamedly is admitting that he's already touched it. Yeah, like he's he's like he's feeling up like the chest of the body. It's really fucked up. Yeah, Yeah. it's so fucked up. And he's like he's unzipping the jumpsuit and stuff. It's fucking. It doesn't go quite that far. Thank God. Oh, what is this? What does this feel like? (laughs) I shouldn't be. And so they all they I mean they all jump off the desk to try to try to end it. But 
Nimnol still part fly, so he incurred no further changes. So the way the modemizer works is you switch once, and that's it. There's no further mutation. Right, you switch heads only. Like, what if Nimnol had ended up with, like, Monterey Jack's dick and Gadget's ears? I mean, maybe... a tough scene. He might have gotten Monterey Jack's dick. It's just not addressed. That's true. It's possible. Up to this point, it's been a children's cartoon. For the next couple minutes here, we're in, like, this weird, surrealist avant-garde art because we get this body horror shit right and then they say we gotta go find zipper but we find zipper first we the viewer right zipper is with cousin larry who's a doctor (laughs) and (laughs) this is really crazy so zipper is strapped down to the chair can't move and he says he's going to do some some tests on him this is the first test what do you fear most? A, nuclear annihilation. B, a gruesome plane crash. C, a fly swatter. Hmm, a trend is developing. <laughs> and then he says, either you're part fly or a frustrated art critic. And it's like, what? What is that joke? I I liked it, but it just, it's so weird. It is weird. Yeah, I was, tra- I was trying to piece that together and I was like, I think that must be like an art school joke. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't get know. It. Sneak that in animator. That's fine. But that's just the first part because there's another part to this test that is, I would say conservatively, 600 times stranger than that. Here we go. Either you're part fly or a frustrated art critic. One more test ought to confirm it. Which do you find more attractive? This woo-woo girl or this wasp? I kind of like the wasp myself. But then who said a doctor can't be sick? Let me paint a picture. The doctor has like two pulled down pictures, right? Like you're pulling down a curtain or a shade. The first one is a woo-woo girl. It's a, uh, you know, semi-attractive cartoon lady. Second one is a wasp wearing a bikini. (laughs) The doctor admits being attracted to the wasp. A wasp wearing a bikini, but who is drawn with the human female form. Is this a commentary on us having a crush on Gadget? Probably. Yes, absolutely. Why did he have those pictures so readily available for these tests? I mean, this guy's this guy's a sick pervert. Yeah. He's fucked up in the head. He probably wrote to Poke 52, if I had to guess. Probably. Where's, so, where's the wasp? So, <laughs> Give me the wasp. <laughs> hey, do you have the wasp? I want the wasp video. <laughs> yeah, the one where they sting. Gross. The, the weird thing, though, and again, I don't want to get down a weird path here, but Shalen's put us here. Flies and wasps don't mate. Correct. So it's just like this weird interspecies lust and submissive dominant kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, I know the animal world, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's all hormones. You know, they're not humans like thinking what sick fucks they are, but. Give me the video. Catch more flies with honey. I mean, <laughs> a llama and a camel can produce an animal, right? Like a, mm-hmm. a, a comma. And same with a tiger and a lion can get you a liger, right? So a wasp and a fly is less ridiculous than a human woo-woo girl and a fly. That would be a flosp. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking the Fortnite dance, you bunch of goofs. Is that what that's from? Hell yeah. You know, when I watched this, I saw that scene and I just heard Ben's voice in my head go, Dave, would you show this to a child? <laughs> and the answer is yes, as we'll get yes. to. So Yes, I did. 
<laughs> they decide they have to operate. And I thought, like, this is pretty funny, right? Because ostensibly, they're going to operate and they're going to, like, vivisect this thing. And it's just going to be a human body <laughs> right. with a fly. <laughs> so they're going to be really disappointed by it. But anyway, so the the crew jumps onto the stretcher. They realize they need to create a diversion. They bite the doctor. And then the stretcher is like magic because the mice and chipmunks are able to propel it down the hallway. This thing's like blasting around corners of it, its own accord. But the gist of this is they are able to save Zipper, bring him to the office where Gadget and Nimnol are. But there's a problem because the modemizer's fucked, right? It needs a connector. And, you know, despite there being a big tech warehouse in the middle of town, this ain't some Silicon Valley dream, right? You don't just have connectors everywhere. Well, they're not in the tech warehouse now. That's that's a fair point. But Gadget MacGyver's the shit out of it, right? Hell she yeah, she does. Takes out a paperclip, and despite not having thumbs, she's able to, to bend it into like a connector shape. And Despite being dismissed because of her gender? That's true. And you know what? I shouldn't have overlooked that. Nimnol's like, I'm a smart guy. I found it, and I built it. And Gadget's like, I'll fix it. And she does. And she does. She shows this son of a bitch up. Yeah, fuck that guy. They should have done like a MacGyver voiceover for, for Gadget here. <laughs> like, you know, when MacGyver had to like build the thing out of a push pin and a <laughs> yeah. you know, piece of wood. And like, he's like, you know, they say the pen is mightier than the sword. It would have been nice if, if Gadget had that reoccurring gag. In the MacGyver episode Shailen and I watched today, it's the pilot episode, right? So it starts off with MacGyver climbing a cliff, and he's sneaking into a Central Asian camp. It just says Central Asia. And he he's doing that voiceover thing. But it's like a six-minute story about him riding a golden Palomino. And like the story thread goes around him like knocking out soldiers and saving prisoners and disabling missiles. A-plus stuff. MacGyver's middle name episode, or his real first name mm-hmm. or, or something like that, was the event in my household. <laughs> he got hit in the head and he traveled back to Arthurian times and he was a knight or something. And they discovered that his first name was Angus. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I remember that. Yeah. I yeah, forgot that. Fucking. Oh man. It was the fucking tits. I loved it. it was so good. You know what they say about Richard Dean Anderson? Have you heard this? Enormous hog. I swear. I'm not, I'm not joking. Who says How this? How do you fit in those jeans? Uh, ben. Uh, I mean, they painted them on. <laughs> Who's they? Ben. Internet. I, no, I didn't. That's not conjecture. That's true blue. Check it out if you don't believe me. Nah. Conjecture. Hashtag hogiver. Not my best. So anyway, so Gadget builds this connector, right? And this is my favorite thing. So she says... There. We're all set. <laughs> okay. So she says we're all set. But so the helmet's open. And you can tell that it's very delicately built. And, you know, if you've ever built something with transistors or electronics, you know, like, you got to be very exact with how you put things in for connections to work. Gadget just, like, casually tosses this connector in. You hear, like, a slight metal clink, and then that's it. They're good to go. she's damn good. She's just that naturally talented. So the helmet's good. Everybody's there. The military are there. Again, guns drawn. And... Nimnol suggests that they go somewhere in the 505 area code. I looked it up. The 505 area code is in New Mexico. Okay. So if you were wondering where the world of the show is, it's in New Mexico. All maybe right. Roswell, maybe Truth or so, Consequences. Yeah, Roswell, area, area 51, maybe. It all makes sense. Maybe Albuquerque. I don't know. Do you think that's how 
the creatures are so advanced is because of some sort of alien interference. Radiation? Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Maybe there's a lot of fly creatures that they have, and that's why the doctor has the has that like sexy lady, sexy wasp poster. <laughs> Could be. It's a weird fucked up world. They do think there's an alien man at the begin like when everyone's being afraid. So it's true. So this this writing is tight. It's true. You can't say anything Full against it. Circle. So they go through the phone lines, they bill and ted it. They end up in what again, what I would assume is Nimnal's lab. And now everybody's back to normal. But oh fuck. Now Nimnal's got the size. He's got the power. He throws them all in a cage. I love this twist. And he's like, I got you now, you little bastards. And he's going to swat Zipper with a fly swatter. And like Chip is yelling, he literally says, you can't fight a human. But Monterey's Jack's mouth is moving. They're all agape. Yes. Zipper flies around. And he has an idea. Because he notices that Nimnal's still wearing the modemizer, right? And what does he do? Of course, he dials 911. For those of you who can't remember the exact tone of each digit on your phone. <laughs> because you didn't have the money to do three digits. And I've been there. I'm with you. I just thought it was impressive that he didn't have a rotary dial. Because there are phones in this sure. episode that are rotary dials. I thought that was funny. But that doesn't make a fun noise. Yes, it does. Make sure it does. No. Uh, touch tone, much more fun, much more relatable. Listen to that Foley work, though. Good job, Shailen. <laughs> I Thank thought you. there was a real rotary dial phone here. Foley shit. That was <laughs> so when you dial 911, you go through to a switchboard and you land on a very studly cop's lap. And now Nimnol's in the shit. He's got the, the modemizer. He's in trouble. So now <laughs> I laugh because we're getting to the end here, right? Rescue Rangers again on top of a moving cop car. Impeccable balance. And they're having a conversation. They all realize that Zipper is a hugely important part of the team. It took them 63 episodes to figure this out. But here's the speech. And after the way you handled Nimno, you can bet that from now on, you're going to get a lot more responsibility. How would you like to start by helping the police escort the prisoner? Yes! You bet! <laughs> I laughed because... The series ended after two more episodes. <laughs> yeah, so they, yeah. they gave him responsibility so and it killed the series. That's right. We need to have Zipper go out on top and then end it so no one ever sees him <laughs> be successful. He, he got Cousin Oscared. End on a high note. What is Cousin Oscared? In the Brady Bunch, they introduced <laughs> Cousin Oscar and then the series died. Okay. Do you mean Oliver? Cousin Oliver is exactly who I mean. <laughs> I had some of the letters right. You knew what I meant. <laughs> this is a Wheel of Fortune, baby. Shailen, there's a time and space for this stuff, okay? <laughs> Damn straight. Time and place. That's the joke. Space. I can't wait to get lost in this joke. I'm already there. You're there. Hmm. Mm. Getting real place-brained about it. You know in Armageddon, when they're up on the asteroid? Oh, And Steve Buscemi yeah. loses his shit, and he gets place madness? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> place dementia. <laughs> So anyway, so Nimnol is literally in a straitjacket. He's in the sanitarium. Right. Which is good. And he says, I'm coming. I'm coming. Just promise you'll keep the vermin away. Crazy's going to crazy, you know? Do you think you could break out of a straitjacket? No. I don't think I could. I mm. think I would have a panic attack over not being able to move my arms enough. And I'm already getting really uncomfortable thinking about it. And mm. I would just cry. Dave, straitjacket breakout? Yes, no? Oh, yeah, I could do yeah. it. Yeah, easily. Also, uh, Nimnal, mm -hmm. that's the weirdest orgasm I've ever heard. 
crazy's kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. Let's not a, kink shame, okay? Probably attracted to that wasp. <laughs> He's a real sick <laughs> fucking pervert. I said, I mean, let's I'm not, not vermin, do that. But... <laughs> so that's Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, I mean, we've already addressed this a little bit. Would you show this this saucy bit of entertainment to your children? I have. <laughs> I have. I will again. They will continue to watch this show, <laughs> and I will continue to wake up in the. <laughs> uh, I'll continue to wake up in the morning uh, with the the sounds of some crimes. Just it's a nice way to wake up, but when you see Brundle fly, mm. it's that's a. Uh, not a good way to start breakfast. It's a real slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Shailen? Oh, hell yeah. I tried to get our kid to watch this today. Or the series, not the episode. And what happened? He would prefer to watch something that's Avengers. Mm-hmm. I would show this to a child, if only because they don't show the bone breaking. Right. Kids don't have to think about the science or see fingernails falling off or think about Gadget giving birth to a fly baby. You don't have to think about that, Ben. Mm, I'm already thinking about it. And I like it. Ew. <laughs> I'll draw a picture. Artist rendition. <laughs> Some fan art. A lot of viscera. Let's go with one to five ungodly abominations. Shailen? Four Two and, and, a, and half. a half. I thought this cartoon was great. It was entertaining. It had jokes. The animation was good. The, the soundtrack was great. Uh-huh. The incidental music and the sound effects. But it was also creepy as fuck, so I can't give it a full five. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dave? Yeah, I'm with I'm with Shailen here. And I also like how you had to say it had jokes because <laughs> like most of the cartoons we watch don't have jokes mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be funny. So like yes, we do need to say if it has jokes or not. But uh yeah, four four and a half. Um just the or four rather. The creepy fly head thing just fucked with me. Fair enough. But this is a great show. Top animation. You watch it on Disney Plus, you get that high def. Oh man, the animation Ooh, yeah. cells just pop. They pop, baby. This is a non sequitur, which again is a shock on this show. A high def animation is awesome. I, I think I like watching the highest def animation almost more than I watch like watching like the Terminator or something. I don't know why. Hmm. It just looks crisp. It looks good. Anyway, I will also give this a four and a half. The show's really good. You know, don't be a fucking jackass like me and and think about it. Just um, (laughs) shut the fuck up and enjoy it. I mean, this episode's weird. They they can't all be like this, though. They're not. Okay. But yeah, it's it's a good show. This is a nice example. Like a lot of the shows we watch, they feel very dated. And this outside of a few, you know, like long distance references, it feels like something you could pick up and tell me it was created like last week. And I believe it. So... I think that's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, my kids love it. I mean, again, they watched the whole series mm-hmm. like over the past like two or three weeks. So like they're really enjoying this. It's timeless mostly. It's great. It's great. It's great. We're singing its praises and yet we won't give it a five. Right. Because <laughs> like, creepy fly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Weird fly stuff. I just like having the power. I will rate things as I see fit. You want a five, you better fucking work for it. That's what I say. Yeah, Damn right. straight. You gotta earn it. Grovel. I, th- I saw, I went on IMDb and I was like, there's way too many people giving this show a five, you know, or perfect five. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it down a bit. <laughs> you don't want to get it, have it get too big of an ego. That's right. Speaking of highs, I expect to be on a high after this mirthful endeavor. 
Huh? Yeah, I think that's that's great, Ben. <laughs> We're going to ride that wave because I've got a great game for us. Well, we've talked about a lot about Disney Plus here. What's what's great about Disney Plus is the plethora of content mm-hmm. that's on there. You know, that's that's where we found Rescue Rangers. You can find gummy bears on that. Darkwing Duck is on that. Whoever's turn to pick for next episode, hint, hint. But uh, Lassie's Rescue but Rangers. Also, yeah. <laughs> but there's also a lot of weird shit. Mm-hmm. Disney's movie and TV show production wasn't always as golden as it was in the late 80s, early 90s, and, and now. So welcome to my game, Disney Plus. More like Disney Muss. Hmm. Or Disney Plus. More like Disney Fuss. Or Disney Plus. More like Disney Sus. Mm-hmm. That's the whole title. Okay. So in this game, I'm going to give you guys the name of a movie and the synopsis. And you're going to have to tell me if it's real or if it's fake. That's right. I've created a this or that game. Ah. And real or not real. The, <laughs> the synopses for the real, one, real ones have been pulled right from Disney+. Plus. Okay. So, Ben, you're going to go first. Mm-hmm. The movie is called The Story of Perry, and this is the synopsis. This live-action fantasy, there's air quotes around fantasy, tells the story of a little pine squirrel named Perry and her life in the forest from childhood to maturity. Is that real or not real? Not real. That is real. Huh. That's real. And you got to look it up. The the, the image they show with the movie is just this big ass picture of a squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Okay. Shailen. Ready. Gray Friars Bobby. The remarkable true story of a terrier named Bobby and the enduring friendship he forges with a tender-hearted shepherd, known simply as Old Jock, unbroken even by the kindly old man's death. Real or fake? Fake. That is real, too. God damn it, I was going to say real, and I got upset about the last sentence. Yeah, it's a strange strange, uh, synopsis. Didn't change a word. I might have a typo in there or something, but the movie is about, uh, follows a dog and he finds this old man. They become friends. And then about, I don't know, halfway through the movie, the old man just kicks it. And then the movie still follows the dog and how like he's enduring his, his pain of losing this, his old friend. It's so messed up. Hmm. The fifties and sixties just had the weirdest live action movies. Yeah. All right, Ben. Yes. The Voyage of Andy Philippe. This live-action romp finds Andy, the intrepid monarch butterfly, capturing the attention of millions of people as he treks across country to his friend Giovanni. Real. That is fake, and that is actually the story of Andrew Cunanan. (laughs) I knew it sounded familiar. (laughs) I knew you liked that one. Okay, Shailen. Ready. It's called Almost Angels. <laughs> Despite his father's opinions, a working-class Austrian boy joins the Vienna Boys Choir and proves to be unusually talented. However, the head chorister, Peter, becomes jealous and will do everything in his power to ruin his rival's public performance. 
Is that real or fake? Real. That is real. Yeah. Yes. Also, like, why would you see that movie? <laughs> sounds like a winner. That <laughs> sounds so dull. I wonder if that was like the wonderful world of Disney era. So mm-hmm. it's like there was nothing on that TV channel except on Sundays. Right. You the 50s. Right. You had to play yeah. with the bunny ears. Yeah. You remember it fondly. You bet I do. You didn't have more than two digits on the phone. Start with four. You had a one and a seven. You were 37. <laughs> my my 17th family fondly watched. So we gathered round. <laughs> Chuck Everlasting. Poke Everlasting. Poke 52 (laughs) Everlasting. All right, Ben, you ready? Yes. Chesley always gets his wings. That's our Chesley. So goes the catchphrase in this outrageous adventure that finds a young pilot in training befriending a flock of goslings found on the grounds of his airbase. This program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. That is false. That is fake. And it is about Sully. Sully Sullenberger? (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, rather than befriending the the geese, he uh, murders them with his plane. Hmm. But either way. Mm -hmm. That was his goal, I heard. Yeah. Goose aside. I saw flight. I know what's up. Goose aside. (laughs) Shailen, uh-huh. Emil and the detectives. While traveling to visit his grandmother, a boy's money is stolen. In order to get the money back, he follows the thief. Along the way, he meets new friends and finds trouble. When he learns the pickpocket is mixed up with notorious bank robbers. That is real. That is real. And again, look at the poster for this one. Little kids from the 50s and 60s freak me out. They all look like adults, mm-hmm. but just short. They all look like Shailen. It's kind of strange. Leprechauns. They, everybody was shorter then. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. They're all five foot nothing. All right. So Shailen gets another point. Ben, this is for you. The Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> To restore his family's lost wealth, a young Boston lad named Jack stows away on a ship bound for the California gold rush. Fearful that the boy may not fare well way out west, the family's very proper butler gives chase. Once the two reunite in San Francisco, the duo is destined for nonstop adventure, wild and woolly characters, and a lucky punch that leads to a bonanza of belly laughs. This program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. It's real, but it's also the plot of the Richie Rich movie. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and you are correct. That is real. They boarded a ship from Boston to the West Coast. Yeah, you can take the long way. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, oh, they found the Northwest Passage. <laughs> That's very confusing. I, I think it's the Panama Canal. Maybe either one. She's a good old worker and a good old pal. 15 miles on Panama Canal. Shailen. Dave. Candle shoe. <laughs> Welcome to Candle shoe, a stately English manor where a swashbuckling pirate hit a fortune in Spanish doubloons centuries ago. And that what young orphan Casey and a sly con man are determined to find. Casey eventually discovers there may be an even greater treasure at Candleshoe, but first she must dupe Candleshoe's widowed owner into believing she's her long-lost granddaughter. 
Is that real or fake? Sounds real to me, Dave. That is definitely real and definitely crazy. And definitely something I've watched. <laughs> Why a pirate? I don't like. <laughs> the costumes like, were available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Why a costume? Why were the chipmunks detectives? Who knows? <laughs> You've seen that, Shayla? Yes, I have. Is it good? Uh, I mean, do you, did you like the Fred? What's his last name? What's version of the Shaggy Dog? No. Fred McMurray. Uh, then not probably that good. I've never seen you prouder than to remember Fred McMurray. I was so pleased to remember his last name. Yeah, you whipped your hair back over your shoulder. I was going to say MacArthur, and I knew that was wrong. <laughs> the only thing I've liked Fred McCar- McMurray in is uh, Double Indemnity. See. Shed his perfect image there. It's my favorite Ashley Judd movie as well. Mm, mm. That's a different movie, isn't it? Nope. It's fine. Ben? Yeah. This movie is called A Little Off the Top, Please. And there's an exclamation point after please. Mm-hmm. With the help of her enchanted hair salon equipment, a young, tough-as-nails hairdresser gets even with the man who stole her life from her. Real or fake? This doesn't feel like a Disney movie. Fake. It is fake. Yeah. It's the story of Lorena Bobbitt. <laughs> A little off the top. <laughs> <laughs> Shailen. Those Callaways. A strong-willed family in a small New England town struggles against tremendous odds to realize their dream of establishing a sanctuary for the great flocks of wild geese that migrate overhead. This program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. Real. Is that real or fake? Real. It is definitely real. And I don't know what they are <laughs> depicting poorly, but uh, I also yeah, have I seen this, but I don't remember it well. I just remember thinking that the name of the movie was really weird. When I wrote this, I uh, wrote, the, wrote this game. I knew you were going to kill Shailen because I was like, "You've seen every, you've heard every <laughs> radio play, you've seen every strange show." Well, it's because this when is, I was a kid, I right never slept. Bus. Like the Disney <laughs> Channel played the weirdest shit at three o'clock in the morning when we were kids, mm-hmm. and that was when I was always awake. Oh, I had the Disney Channel when I was a kid. We didn't Those have it. Calories. We spent all our money on dialing digits on the phone. We didn't spend money on it. My brother knew how to rehook up the cable after the cable company disconnected it. Real slick willy. Speaking of slick willy, Ben, here's yours. It's called David and the Lamb. It's springtime in Texas, and you know what that means. Good old-fashioned showdown. A young, devoutly religious boy leads a group of townsfolk against the lawmen looking to close the church and stop the group's way of life. Is that real or fake? Real. That is fake. It is about David Koresh. And the Goonies. Oh. If that were real, there would have been a disclaimer about outdated cultural depictions. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Actually, it was from 2006. Strange one. Um, <laughs> Shailen, you won four to three. Congratulations. Thank you. You're the champion on Disney Plus, more like Disney Must. Disney Plus, more like Disney Sus. Disney Plus, more like Disney Fuss. Hooray. Congratulations. I am the champion. More disturbing is what's not on Disney Plus. What's not on? Like Welcome to Pooh Corner. The one with the scary costumes. Yep. Yep. Oh, or thank um, God. 
There is a movie called Mr. Boogity, though. If you haven't watched Mr. Boogity on Disney+, Plus, check it out. Hashtag Mr. Boogity sent me. Was Under the Umbrella Tree a Disney show? And if so, why is that not on Disney+. Plus? You'll have to check it up with Bob Iger. I can't help you. Do you know that show? Do you remember it? No. It was... I, I remember, yeah. Gloria and Jacob and the other puppet. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a lady who was like puppeteering. You couldn't see her. She wasn't puppeteering, I guess. She just talked to the puppets. I don't know. You know what I can see? A letter in the mailbag. You dug down deep for that one. You think you're all high and mighty, but do you think you could get in the trenches and create a true blue animated series? I doubt it. Eat my heavily credentialed ass. Flint Dilly. That's another big get for the mailbag. Wow, Flint? Yeah. With a, with a personal challenge. The podcast finally catching on. Yeah. Good. It's like a rolling stone gathering moss. Indeed. So. Or not gathering moss. Whatever. Could you handle the challenge? Do you you could do it? Do you think we could do it? I think do you have to write one or do you have to like draw it as well? Or is that <laughs> Oh, if it's else? drawing it, we're in trouble. That is accurate. So let's go with whatever makes us look better. When I was in I wanna say eighth grade, but it might have been seventh grade. Mm-hmm. My Spanish teacher constantly ate food in front of our class. <laughs> And tried to teach us how to speak Spanish with a New England, very Boston accent. I am so fascinated by how this is connected to the question. And so I created a pig mm-hmm. named Paco the Pig. He was Paco the Cochino. Shailen has lost one moke point. Continue. <laughs> and let's, let's see how many you can lose by the end of this tale. I bet many. <laughs> every single assignment I ever turned in was the pig quoting my teacher. And it wore a little dress that matched whatever dress she had on that day in Uh class. I don't think she ever realized that I was making fun of her and saying that the pig was her. But I did get 10 extra bonus points in that class for my cartoon. So it had continuity. So you have created a successful cartoon. (laughs) It wasn't animated, though. So I don't know if it carries. But could you create an animated series? (laughs) I think... Let me ask you, let me, let's spitball a question. I think Do you think you could create a series around Paco the Pig? I do. Yes, I'm answering your question. Okay. 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 I'm ahead of the curve on this one. Not only could I, Mm -hmm. but I'm halfway there, more than halfway. How far? Audience tested. Uh, (laughs) 10 digits. Yes. Is he asking all of us, like the three of us together could make a cartoon or is it one of, you know, each of us? It sounds like it's an individual challenge at this point. All right. I think I could because I don't, unlike Ben here, like I just, I care not for the logic. Like I will not get wrapped up Mm -hmm. in if the science of a fly going on a man's body works. Like I don't need to explain it. I'll just go, you know, plow forward. And I think it'll be successful in that I'll be able to write a lot of it. Mm -hmm. It won't be good. It won't be quality, but there'll be a lot of episodes. It will reach syndication and it'll be uh, reviewed in 30 years. (laughs) <laughs> on a podcast i think i could do it um i'm very confident about it i have created many uh <laughs> characters and stuff over time i probably have like 100 google docs just full of stuff but i never do anything with it so i think i could and i think to your point dave it would be freeing to do so because you wouldn't have to worry about logic you know like i'm not trying to create a rick and morty where things make sense the hallmark of rick and morty 
You just, as long as the characters are interesting and consistent, you could do it. I also created a pig character. Okay. In college. Mm-hmm. He was a pig that went to college. Okay. Sounds it. good. What was his name? Bacon. <laughs> 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 and he was going to star in a comic book, but I can't draw particularly well. I have at various points over the years, I mean, and nobody does flash animation, but when Homestar Runner was big, I tried to learn flash animation a little bit. And that's easier because you don't really have to draw, but you still have to have artistic talent, which is sort of a problem. But there's like 12 things to know about cartoons and like the physics of the cartoon world. Yeah. And like that when you drop a ball and and stuff. Yeah. And you know, to me, it's like computers do all that shit for us, but I feel like this comes up a lot in wrestling, this idea that like, if you haven't done it, you can't critique it. I feel like that's, that's the attitude here. And it's like, no, no, you know what? I could do it. And I just need some fat cat agent and in a I casting just need tape. An investor? <laughs> yeah, an angel investor. Or we can start a Patreon like the Sonnet the Hedgehog people. And just never fulfill and get, it. get people to pay us to just bullshit around about stuff. Or the SWAT cats people. SWAT cats. Yep. Yep. Take their money and run. Yeah, it's like buying a house. You know, you just need that first house to give you the equity. You know, so I just need that one hit to give me the equity to live forever on the royalties right now Mm. would your cartoon ben would it be like a simpsons or a bob's burger or would it be like a rescue rangers or a you know something more aimed at kids my mind is (laughs) i'm saying it i'm a real sick fuck um i think my sense of humor is just far too geared towards like insanity for like a straight kids cartoon oh maybe that would work you know maybe you can refine that down SpongeBob's kind of zany, kind of crazy. Listen, SpongeBob is an icon. I don't. I mean, I want to shoot for the stars and all here. What kind of drugs do you think they did in the SpongeBob writers' room? None. Oh, lots, lots. Um, kelp. Shailen, what about your cartoon? I smoked a lot of just, dulls. Just, just kelp. <laughs> Mine would be like the the network TV at five thirty on Saturday mornings to fulfill the FCC's children's programming requirement. So children's programming, it would be children's programming, but like okay. the really bad kind, like the unentertaining one. Okay. Like a fantastic max. Yeah, basically, but a pig that speaks Spanish. And where's a dress. Yeah. Okay. It's a moo. Hmm. Dave, how about you? See, I would like to say, like, I, I would create, like, a fun cartoon aimed at children, but, like, I would probably just get really dark and weird in the middle of it and just end up writing something like, uh, you know, something more geared toward um, adults with the same mind as me. So it would be an audience of one. You like, can get a solid three. Simpsons writers okay. <laughs> Simpsons writers all went to, like, Harvard and stuff, you know? Like, they're, they're smart. I'm a dum-dum. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would want it to be, like, like really smart, like a, like a family guy. But it'd probably be more like a Tom and Jerry, you know? That's okay. Tom and Jerry live on. And they talk sometimes. And they anyway, shouldn't. So we take your challenge, Flint Dilly, and we say, game on, motherfucker. Yeah, suck a fat one, Flint. But thanks for writing it. Next week we'll be reviewing Shailen's cartoon. Although I'm a little concerned about the content. And if we can, we can speak to it. What, a white lady trying to learn Spanish? That's the content of the cartoon. Don't, so the, don't no, dress no, up but like the, you did that pig. The, the pig speaks Spanish. The or is pig, the pig a, the what? The the pig is the white woman who thinks that she speaks Spanish. So the pig is a white woman. 
Yes. Oh, so it's a social commentary. It was a commentary mm. on my teacher being bad at what Is she this did. Like Animal Farm? You write an Animal Farm over here? The cartoon? She snowball? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to join it on the fun, email at watchbotspod.com. So I do think all this in mind, it's good. It's good to get back to cartoons, I think. I'm immediately tempted to go to Pooh Corner next week, but we'll see. Please don't. <laughs> just scares me (laughs) (laughs) be the halloween episode (laughs) i think that'll just about do it unless anybody has any any more thoughts i'm just really happy that we have escaped the purgatory of high school sure sure yeah nice to be back in the animated world (laughs) it's a cool world Coming for you daily. Ha. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Jiffy, all those platforms at WatchBotsPod. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Do it. Spotify. Google Play. Uh, there's other hip ones. The BBC iPlayer. I, th- I think we're on that. I don't know. Find us everywhere. <laughs> Just Google it. For Dave and for Shalyn, this is Ben. Thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots. And until next week, you know, if you're laying out at night and you're socially distancing, you look up and you see the stars out in place, you think, where do I fit in all this? You just got to keep the course. Animals and bugs and people speak the same language. It's very zen. Jalen, do you agree? You just went out on a limb that I couldn't follow you onto. I'm real just confused. Just say namaste. That's saying something. <laughs> namaste. Shailen, can you do the Mariska Hargitay bit from The Love Guru to take us out? <laughs> no, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Mariska Hargitay. Oh, God. That's Gorbachev. Это из-за него у нас в экономике бардак. Да благодаря ему у нас новые возможности. Это из-за него у нас политическая нестабильность. Да благодаря ему у нас свобода. Полный хаос. Перспективы. Политическая нестабильность. Да благодаря ему у нас есть и сахат. Sometimes nothing brings people together like a nice hot pizza from Pizza Hut. Oh, my God.